So anyway, here we go. Back into it, back into the highs and lows with John and Bex. You see how excited I am already yawning. Look at us go. For content, we've managed to record and publish, and now we're recording again all in one month. <gasps> Obviously, this won't be published till next month, but last month was close. I think it was last month was a really close call. I think it got released literally at the end of the month. Yeah, like, oh, we're not so us. Let's, let's try to be more organized. Let's try to conquer this. Plus, this is a topic that we were tempted to wait until it wasn't like a fresh raw thing, but I didn't want to record and sound like super numb and robotic about it. I was like, you know what? Let's be a little, be a little messy. I think it's always in some ways better to like, just get it out. Well, just to let there be some emotion. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like we talk about stuff in our lives that we've gone through in the past and we're rather emotionless because we're so far past it. And you know, I don't know if that's helpful to people that are in the thick of it and highly emotional. They probably feel like, why can't I just be that <laughs> that callous to it? <laughs> time, honey, time. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was a very deep thought. But I suppose that leads into what we're talking about. Raising kids without the village that we're supposed to have. Ah, uh, Yes. Like, and I said to you the other day, you, you texted me, like, three Saturdays that overtime would be available, and I was like, you can't do any of them because I have to work those days, <laughs> and we don't have anyone to watch our kids. Nope. Because we were not some of the privileged few that have grandparents and aunties and uncles and, you know, people to... Just, yeah, just people. ...watch. I mean, well, that's not, not fair. We have people. But our people have their own kids. Yes. So By people, like, we mean people that are free and able and... Willing. Willing <laughs> to watch children that are not theirs. Yeah, like I reckon almost all the volunteers in my team at work have grandkids and the amount that they help out with their grandkids consistently makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Like, almost all of them have at least one set day a week that is their day with their grandkids. But a lot of days it's like, oh, yeah, we do the school drop-off or pick-up or the daycare run or, you know, if the kids are sick. Or... And then there's me constantly either bringing some of our children to work with me or taking the day off or you and I taking half days between us to juggle watching any one of our children that may need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a it's lot. It's difficult. It's a lot. It's sad too. Because, I mean, I don't know, I feel like maybe it's just a generational thing, but, like, you grow up kind of thinking that when you have kids of your own, you'll have family and friends around that will just help out. I mean, I think, I think it was your granddad. We were talking to him about, I can't remember what we were talking to him about. Something to do with, like, me going back to work and, and the struggles. And he was like... Like, at the time, we were living about 10 minutes from your parents. And he's like, well, what do you mean? Why can't, like, your mum just have him? And we're like, well, that's not... Like, we asked. Mm. It wasn't an option. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, I guess, you know, he grew up in the generation where 
they all lived within five minutes of each other. So he's like, it would, you know, first of all, his mum was home with him because back in the day, you could live on single incomes. Yeah. But secondly, like... Also, back in the day, you just didn't have a lot of women working. Yeah, but he's like, but the thing is, even if mum had to go somewhere, I'd just go to my grandma's house or my auntie's house or... Yeah. Like, there was always someone I could just go to. Or even Um, not too long ago, you'd you'd know your neighbours... Yeah. And you could just go to your neighbour's house. Well, yeah. I mean, one of my friends still has that to an extent where, like, her neighbour will say, like, oh, can you just watch the kids for a bit or whatever? Um, And I think that does still happen to an extent. But I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sound complaining. This episode is not us complaining about not having those people. It's more about the realities of having, I don't know, toxic family. Toxic feels harsh. I know that's probably the truth, but it's harsh. Does emotionally immature work better? No, that's harsh too. (laughs) I don't want to be harsh on people. Emotionally unavailable? No, that's not right either. We (laughs) have talked before about the fact that we both have boundaries with family and different members of family. And I mean, we have boundaries for very good reasons, but I think it's been hitting us that one of the fallouts of having to have those boundaries is that our kids don't know most of their family. Mm-hmm. They know they know my grandmother and my parents as their grandparent, and then your aunties and your grandparents. And they know some of their uncles. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Which is a bit horrendous, considering that between us we have so many, like, siblings. Well, I guess they kind of know my... Like, some of my brothers and, and their kids and stuff. But, again, not not being raised, like, close at all. Which is partly because we don't all live close together. Which yeah. is life these days. Yeah. But, like, one of my siblings literally was told that they were not ever welcome to meet my children. Mm. Or have anything to do with them. Mm. Which sucks. Like, that's not... That's not a fun thing to be like. And it's not fun for the kids. Um, I haven't yet even... They're not really old enough to know too much about families, I guess, in a way. So... Yeah, I mean, they know about their own, but... Yeah. They are their own world, so their immediate circle is what they think about. There will come a day where it is like, who are your your brothers and sisters? And who are you... Like, in which case I'll tell them. Yeah. But I don't necessarily love the idea of them going, well, why don't we know them? And being like, well, age appropriate, but here's the list of reasons why. (laughs) Um, You know, it's not not the ideal for anyone. But it seems really common these days. Like, I was watching a TikTok video just before about a single mum saying she's like, you know, my mum contributes by watching one of my kids for one hour once a week and is now complaining that it's too much. I mean, for context, right, my dad has a brother and a sister and his brother still lives in New Zealand. Mm. So I don't see my my cousins there. And my auntie lives in Melbourne. Yeah. Same kind of story. Like, know of them. Yeah. And that's kind of as far as it goes. Well, it was not that long ago that your grandparents finally moved over from New Zealand on your mum's side. Yeah. And then... One of your aunties moved up from Melbourne. But prior to that, yeah, we didn't really see... We spread out. ...any of those people either. Like, yeah. 
I mean, I think it's still not like this everywhere in the world. My family in Europe, they all live in a pretty small town mm-hmm. in Slovakia. So they very much have the, everyone's close by. So you go over there and I mean, literally walk to your cousin's house or your auntie and uncle's house or, yeah. you know, and, and they still have that culture where they are all being raised together and they have help. And I think it makes all the, all the difference. Yeah. I guess the other part of, I mean, we live in a capital city. You That's you true. can drive for two hours from, and you still might not reach the actual edges of the city proper. Which I think is why I like the area that we're in now. Feels a bit smaller. Yeah, in some mm-hmm. ways. Like the location we are at the moment is really good because it's like less than 20 minutes to my parents and you know it's within a 15 20 minute radius of like where all the kids go to daycare and where they go to school and yeah as we get to know people it's like okay we're not that far away from everyone whereas where we were on the gold coast you could still be a 45 minute drive from your best friends even living in the same place because it's just so big yeah and the traffic's so horrendous you know um Anyway, I don't really feel like we're on topic of what we were meant to be at all, whatsoever. Um, I mean, you mentioned boundaries. Are we going to Well, yeah, I suppose that was more more what came up is because you, like... Should I go through the the kind of the counselling I've been going through recently? Well, yeah, you've had a lot of counselling to do with family and boundaries. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of ongoing for like what nearly a year now. Well, I well, I started with this this counselor that I start the counselor that I'm seeing at the moment specifically to talk about family. Right, and so like you talked about one of your parents for a while, and you know that relationship, and then stuff came up with your other parents, and for the most part, yeah, I feel like that's what your sessions. Not that I mean them, but like when you when you <laughs> when you finish the counseling session. Even when you talk about it, it's always been about that. It's not really about other stuff, which is nice for a change. I always think it must be nice for you to talk about something other than, like, co-parenting and <laughs> and that drama. But, you know, it's not easy either. But it sounds like your counsellor has been really good mm. with you about that. Like, I feel like she's given you a lot of helpful tips and, and ideas and... Um, she sounds like she's not afraid to challenge you on stuff too, which is always good. Yeah. That's ideally what you want. Yeah. You don't really want someone who's just going to be like... Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah, well, that's oh, how yes, you feel. So that, you know, like, it's she actually goes, okay, but why and this and what and how? And, you know, even recently I think she said to her that you sent something via a message and she was like, you know, maybe a phone call would have been better because I know that's messy, but... Yeah. You know, and that's sort of a good, a good thing, I guess. But I don't know, you're the one going through it, so is it a good thing? I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah. Just counselling in general. Because no, you I keep mean, going back, so it's got to be yeah. awful. <laughs> yeah. But look, I mean, yes, it is nice to not be always talking about co-parenting and my yeah. older two kids' mum. But I mean, that's kind of somewhat stabilised in terms of how we respond to it and how I respond to it and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's... And I mean, obviously, I, like I said, I started this latest branch of counselling. Yeah. 
purely to try and sort out some family, just how I relate, I guess, more than anything, and how I allow that to relate with me. Well, I think I've never been one to blame everything on your family of origin. Like, we were watching a show the other night, and she was all like, oh, I just can't love or trust anyone because I was adopted. And I was like, oh, poor me, Crimea River. Like, you know, we cannot keep blaming all of our issues on the way we grew up. But it does have a massive influence on a lot of things. Like, it does factor into how we treat people, how we view the world, how we parent. The way we were raised does affect everything. And it affects everything when, you know, like in your case, obviously your family is still active and alive and around. Um, I don't think we've made any secret on this podcast that we've had some pretty significant issues um, and, and issues with boundaries being respected. And, yeah. Um, and so it's sort of been an ongoing thing for us of, yeah, you going through processing all of that and then processing what you want from that. Because my... My position became, you know, I'm not, like, I would never stop you from seeing or being involved in your family or, you know, having the boys around them. And I'm always happy to be polite, but I set my own boundaries for I'm not keeping these people close. Yeah. And it was really up to you what you did with that, (laughs) which I think was, I don't know, was that shocking to you (laughs) or hard (laughs) to not have, like, your wife just being like, no, this is what we're going to do or... I mean, hard, yes, because there's, like, the dynamic of, oh, my wife's not going to go there, and I don't really want to go there without my wife, so do I really want to go there? And so that's... Yeah, but you always had the whole, I don't want to go on my own, because it's like being a single dad all over again. <laughs> that was a slightly different thing, but... Well, I'm like... But yes. I also would have always gone if I really had to. <laughs> Dragged you along kicking and screaming. No, again, I'm a grown-up. I would have, as I was, at many things, polite, respectful, you know, present. But, you know, you obviously know it's not my favourite thing. Yeah. Anyway, and I think... As I'm sure some of my family gatherings haven't been your favourite things either. (laughs) I don't really mind. Uh, Well... Depends. I think it's the same thing, really. It's like, I'll, I'll go with you because yeah. you're my wife and I love you. And you tell me you hate my family. I don't hate your family, It's a bit no. late to tell me that now. It's okay. Sometimes Although I don't I, like them either. I can, I can now talk to your brothers and say, hey, guess whose kids go to my the school that I work at? Not for stuff. Not in the slightest. Oh. It shows how much you talk to them. That's disappointing. <laughs> oh, well. I guess I'll continue to... Anyway, anyway. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned before that, you know, I've been... Went through kind of one one of my parental relationships and kind of pivoted into the other one and... Yeah. Kind of just finding my relationship to them and the best way for me personally to relate with them. Right. And the most... I Maybe the most appropriate way for me to do so with everything considered. Well, wasn't one of the questions that your counsellor posed to you, like, you know, about you needing to decide how involved you want them and what that looks like? Well, and also just, like, what do you actually want? 
Yeah, exactly. Like, what what do you want here? Do you like do when you, you think want, about your relationship with this parent? Do you want your parent to be someone you that want? you you know you talk to on the phone a couple times a week and they're involved in everything and you go to every gathering, or do you want them? You see them a few times a year at Easter and Christmas and birthdays, or like, or do you not really want that? Or you you know like what do you? Which I think to an extent everyone has to go through. Yeah. That level of how often I'm not special at all in that regard. No, sorry. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe, um, maybe what's special for you was, like, the process of drawing the boundaries and how difficult it was. Probably. Um, yeah. And, I mean, and then, like you said, yeah, pivoted to the other parental relationship. I think that one was more um, complicated, nuanced, yeah. mm. because that, that parent I had, I guess, a closer relationship to growing up, and that's kind of as I've become more adult and more responsible for myself and my own family, um, the way that that has, that relationship kind of impacted me has changed and shifted and become uncomfortable. Well, I think the, I think one of the hard things for us and definitely even though it was for you was when we did live super close to your family and still never really saw them. Yeah. Like, because it was, it was one thing when we were living, like, we weren't living close. So it was one thing to kind of go, oh, well, of course, this is going to be a bit more difficult, like, the distance. And, and we didn't live in a house at that time that had a lot of space to have people over whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I think was a bit of a sore point at one point where they were like, why don't you invite us to your house? And so because we literally can't fit. We live in a shoe. <laughs> we lived in a, More or less. We lived in a two-bedroom granny flat with zero living space. Yeah. Having the four of us in there, this was while I was pregnant, having the four of us in there was too much, yeah. let alone having anyone. Like, we didn't invite anyone over, <laughs> ever, really. We realised once we moved closer as well that it wasn't any better. And by that point, we'd been through like a couple of house moves and there's been a lot of stuff happening and it was just, they weren't super present. I think it just became apparent um, and this is something that I ended up talking through with my counsellor in our last session is, you know, just kind of looking back and realising that my family tends to operate in a closed circuit. Right. So, like, when I separated from my first wife and I was a moved back in with my parents, so I was seeing them yeah. every day, throughout yeah. the day. Then I moved out on my own. And I would, and then at that point, I still had the two older kids with me on weekends, but I was living on my own, so I would take the two boys yeah. and go visit my parents on weekends. Well, yeah, like I said to you, and that's how day. I saw my parents. But once that changed, and I was no longer necessarily able, yeah, or didn't, or maybe even didn't even need that kind of social. Because once, I was getting it in other places. Once you and I and started I stopped, dating, I was the devil everywhere. That, well, that too. But, like, <laughs> that stopped me yeah. seeing them because I wasn't the one making the effort to reach into this closed circuit hmm. and be involved intentionally. Yeah. Um, and I can, yeah, you, can, you just see that there doesn't seem to be a lot of effort to reach outside of that closed family circuit. Well, to other people that aren't intentionally involved. One of the things that was hard for us was, like, they would 
invite us to stuff, like, because I, I don't want it to sound like they never actually reached out, because they did, but it was usually times and locations that just weren't very accessible, having two young kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. realistically, like, when we started dating, Elle was seven months old and T was two. And both of those were really crucial ages where they needed a lot stronger routines. Um, like, T started climbing out of his cot, so then he was in a bed, and the only way to actually get him to sleep at night was to follow such a strict routine. Yeah. And so that took us out of action for, like, nighttime events. Um, and that meant we couldn't be driving two hours in the car at four o'clock in the afternoon because he'd fall asleep. Or, like, not, it to just... men- not to mention that we were picking up kids... Who had been through one routine yeah. that was, for all appearances, haphazard. Yeah, exactly. And we were trying to instigate some routine for them and that was they were also stressful for them. always sick. We went yeah. through that stage where every weekend they came home, they were always sick. And not just like a cold. Elle had ear infections every week. T was getting like massive conjunctivitis like they had stuff going on yeah and so you know a, a dinner gathering where dinner wasn't ready until 8 30 at night was not feasible and not appropriate or a park gathering that was at a park an hour and a half away at 2 p.m was not doable yeah and, and realistically, Sunday was the day for us where it was easier to do things and that was a day that didn't work for them because church and commitments and stuff. So, like, you know, it's not that they never reached out, but it was... When they did, it was incompatible. When they, yeah, when they did, it was difficult. And then there was a lot of pressure on us when we weren't making it to things. I remember that being a really hard thing was when we'd be like, we can't make it. We'd be like, well, why not? Like, well, there'd you be didn't so make much. it to the last thing. Yeah, there was the, the guilt, thing. the constant guilt of like, well, you didn't come to this one, so you need to come to that one. And it's like, this just doesn't work. I feel like we said quite a few times, you can invite us, but don't expect us, but... Yeah, and that was hard for them to, like, be okay with. Yeah, still is, I think. Which, you know, playing devil's advocate, I understand that, you know, they just want... I'm sure they just wanted to see you and they just wanted to see the boys. You know, like, they didn't want you guys to not be there. Um, I guess wrapped up in all of this was... There was difficulty in their acceptance of me. hmm Yeah. In the beginning. A lot of things were said and done that sort of do irreversible damage. Like, even when yeah. there's apologies, which there were, it's hard to come back from that. In its entirety. Like, from the get-go, it puts me on the perspective of... I don't know how to really trust and respect people that hold that kind of viewpoint. Yeah. You know, like, as in, even when there was an apology, it's it's not that I can't forgive or that I don't have grace for where people are at, but instantly I go, you're not someone I'm going to be Well, especially really when, close the, to. when the first reaction is judgment. Yeah. And criticism. Like, Before well, I had even met one of your siblings, I received several voice messages about how wrong our relationship was because X, Y, Z. And and, and the, the only real change came when I was pregnant mm. because all of a sudden it's like, well, I was having their, their grandchild or their nephew. So 
I'm here for good, so that now they better. Us. Which also bugged me. <laughs> you yeah, know, it was yeah, like, so you still you still don't actually doesn't, it's dis- have any... It seems disingenuous. Yeah, it's like you're just here for... But even when we had him, one thing that really, I know, bugged us both, they weren't that interested in. It was always about the older two. Mm. And all of this, like you're saying, it puts you on that front of, well, I don't think you're that genuine. And then, like, from my perspective, it's like, okay, so I've basically at this point got to go, whose side am I on? Yeah. Like, who, like, I'm basically being forced to pick one or the other. Yeah. And I mean, how can I do anything but pick the person whose life I'm actually regularly physically in? Yeah. Who I'm actually married to. Well, married to me now, (laughs) but, you know... (laughs) That, I remember that being a really hard thing for a while. It was like it was constantly like, when did we have the older two boys? Which, for a time there through court, we only had them every second weekend. Yeah. And then there were constant fights over whose family we were going to see. Yeah. Because, like, the boys love my parents. I don't know why. They just have. But, like, always. from the get-go... They just attached themselves. Yeah, and it was like their reaction to you when they met you. And and we were living quite close to them, so obviously we saw them a bit more. And I remember that being a constant thing for your family of like, well, you know, we want to see them every time you have them. And it's like, okay, but we've got lots of... And we also had friends, especially living on the Gold Coast. It's like we actually had a community of friends with kids. So we were literally trying to cram into these like two-day visits... So literally four days a month, we were trying to see my family, your family, friends. And also have just time. And just have time as a family. As a family. And like, it was just It was nuts. impossible. And then once we had C, it was still like, well, when, are, when do you have the other two? And that's when we'll see you. And it's like, we actually have another child. Like, You're just as you, worthy of being. Yeah, you have another grandchild loved. that. You could be seeing as much as you at want. least once a week, if not more. Yeah, but you won't because you only want to see everyone. Like, yeah, it was just so. And I mean, like, we had some of that with my parents too. I'm not saying it was an exclusive to your family thing at all. Um, my parents, I think, have gotten a little bit better as he's gotten older, just because he was so clingy, which I do understand. He was a yeah, clingy I think, baby. I think in terms of your family, it was more, it was less about that and more of like, well, why can't we just do it today? Because this is when we're free. Yeah. Yeah. There was a little bit less flexibility there for other reasons, but I appreciate now, you know, Tuesdays are a day that I have off with C and more often than not now, we do go and see my family at some point during the day. Mm-hmm. And they're happy with that. They're not going, oh, but when do you have the boys? Let's just save the visit till then. They're like, no, we'd love to see you. You know, and come over and he's the star of the show and he's very happy with all the attention he gets. Oh, yes. But, you know, like, and I I think maybe it's a blended family thing. Like, maybe, you know, I haven't really talked to a lot of other friends about this, although I have talked to some and it does seem to be a common thing of, like, it's either we only want to see you when we've got all the kids or they only want to see you when you don't have the stepkids. And I'm glad we don't have that dynamic. <laughs> I think it's definitely a blended family thing because I've seen, I've seen posts in some of the groups that I'm in, you know, where, you know, there's favouritism from the grandparents towards yeah. a specific set of yeah. kids over the other kids. And yeah, which is just, like, it's just crappy. It's sad. 
Well, it's it'd be like imagine if my parents like they were kind to T and L, but they didn't have that relationship. But then they were all overseas. Like it's imagine even if, even imagine intentionally if, like in front of. T&L. Imagine if my parents said no, T and L can't call us Barbara and Uppy. They have to call us by our names. But then C is. This is Barbara and Uppy. Like, imagine. And that's what I always get when, like, bio mums get mad about, you know, stepmums loving their stepkids and families being involved. What's the alternative? That your kids grow up feeling left out? Like, there was a point where, and this is a common thing as well, you know, bio mum didn't want me posting pictures of the boys on social media. It wasn't that she was like, none of us are posting them. She just didn't want me posting them. And I was like, so... When they're old enough, they're going to look at my Facebook and see all this content of C and our family and they're never going to be in it. That's Mm. shit. Of course, that's not how I live my life. Like, my children are all my children, whether I gave birth to them or not. We're a family. Yeah. But, yeah, I just... Differing values. And I think that was sort of what you got to with your parents. Having different values than them on the way you view a lot of things and that not being differences that were able to sort of be overlooked enough to be in really close day-to-day relationship. Well, I mean, that's one of the points was like, it's one thing to have different worldviews, different uh, morals and values. Hmm. It's another to have that and not be able to have mutual respect. Yeah. Because I can can be friends and I, I am friends with people who see things different to me. Yeah. But it needs to be both like it needs to go both ways and if it doesn't go both ways then you have this it's an unbalanced relationship right some of my friends some of my really close friends didn't necessarily understand or agree with my role as a stepmom i don't know how else to put it Mm -hmm. in the beginning you know like they didn't really get that the way that you interacted with the boys over time they've obviously come to understand and and realize and you know be a little more but they still, they were still able to respect me and our family. Mm-hmm. It's like they have a different, differing opinion, but they certainly weren't diminishing it or, you know, I mean, I had one friend at one point who's no longer a friend for exactly that reason. She actually couldn't, you know, as much as she on one hand was like, yep, yeah, you're definitely like a mum to them. Like I see all you do for them and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then in the next breath is like, oh, well, you couldn't possibly understand the struggle I'm facing because, you know. You only not, have. You're not a mum yet. Yeah. Or And it's like, okay, well, that I can't live with. You don't have to agree with the way our family works, but you don't get to like disrespect and diminish you know, the same as, like, you know, some of my friends now are single mums and some of the things they say about their exes, I'm like, you know, from a stepmom perspective, I'm like, oh, I want to, like, freak out at that, you know. But that's how you feel. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to, like, attack you or diminish you or, I mean, I might point out the legalities of maybe not doing what you think you're going to do. <laughs> but, like, yeah, there needs to be a basic respect to go even if we have differing views. And look, I mean, I still, I still manage to have relationship with some of my family, some close. Well, maybe I should just say some closer than others. It's not like I've, I haven't cut ties <laughs> with any family as such. It's more just like, okay, well, different. Like I'm still in relationship with most of my family, but the 
the limits and scopes and boundaries of those relationships are different. Which, I mean, is as it should be. Like, you're not going to have the same boundaries and relationships with family and friends. No, 100%. Ever. Like, each one is going to yeah. be different because each person is different and needs a different level of, I don't know, management. That doesn't feel like the right word, but... No, I know what you mean. Like, even the siblings that I have, you know, zero contact with, basically, I still... You know, I've seen some of them at Christmas time. And I'm able to be friendly and polite. Yeah. And or, you know, if, if it kind of happens that, you know, if another family is something about them, I'm not going to be like, oh, no, I don't want to know any. Like, mm. I still want to know that they're okay and they're doing Yeah. Well. But for my own mental health and protection and for my kids, they don't get to be close. You just don't interact in the same way. No, exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, you've got that. Like, one of your siblings lives overseas. It's not that you and her have, like, a poor relationship. But there's, like, the the appropriateness of we live a world apart. We're not in each other's day-to-day. We're not even in each other's once-a-year Christmas catch-ups. That relationship is just different. Yeah, and it is what it is, and it has the boundaries that it has. But I think where it's been tricky for your family is because you guys were raised that family is everything. Yeah. Family it's like is, family is the village. Family is family. Family is friends. Family is your spiritual elders. There's this dynamic that family is everything. And so that's where it's been really tricky, I guess, for you to work through that to go, that's not actually. Yeah. First of all, that's not accurate. Second of all, family doesn't have to mean blood. And third of all... Well, family shouldn't. How does that work when you have such differing... And it's not even just differing views. Differing lives. The point is, again, all busy. Like, we live the better part of an hour. Like, it's not... They're not close by. They also live wildly different lives. Yeah. They're busy with, you know, they've still got kind of kids that they're raising, homeschool, work. It's a differing life and schedule. Yeah. And then we... Some of our friends have kids in the same daycare as our kid, and how often do we see them still? You know what I mean? Like, people are busy. Yeah, it's just not that it simple. Is. I mean, yeah. we've been, like, scheduling and rescheduling brunch with your grandparents and aunties for, like, a month now, and they actually only live about 15 minutes from us. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just people have lives that conflict, I guess. But one thing I think is that families shouldn't be pressure and guilt and drama, and I think that was where maybe you when I don't know that I want to have them much closer than they are relationally because mm. I think at one point you said it's been so much more peaceful not, oh. not having that closer yeah well I mean I used to be part of a group chat Ugh, group that most of my <laughs> f- most of my family chat. and I say and I say most because my dad wasn't in that chat mm. like my older sister isn't in that chat. Right, yeah. Somewhat, for, for better or worse, most of my family wasn't in that chat and it still managed to be just a, a point of, not contention, but just... I don't want to throw anyone under the bus so I've got to think how to word it, but I do remember having a conversation with someone who's in the family but not in the family and they were like, oh yeah, I just I just ask to see the group chat sometimes when I want a good fill of the tea. You know, mm. like, it was mm. literally known as the... what. Or like it's dramatic. Yeah, I mean, when we were dating, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, what what drama happened in the chat today?" And you'd just be like, "Oh, here's the screenshots." 
Mm. It was never a positive, healthy. Well, I, th- I think, and that's something that <laughs> I guess I've had to learn growing up as well. It's like communication methods. Yeah. I had to grow out of being a sarcastic... Passive-aggressive. Passive-aggressive kind of communicator. Because, I mean, that just doesn't work. And when you've got a bunch of people all communicating in the same way, more or less, it's just a cacophony of noise. But also, I think there's value in realising, because, what, the majority of your family now, like your siblings are adults. Yeah. You're all wildly different to each other and the way you grew up. None of your siblings believe the same thing as one another. None of your siblings live the same lifestyle as one another. Yeah. Trying to force, like, a friendship with all these adults that have, again, such differing... And why? For the sake of the fact that you're blood-related and you grew up together. Like, that's insane to me. Mm. Like, it's the very... And, I mean, I think I have a different perspective because I didn't grow up in a blood family. Yeah. Like, I grew up in a very blended family. (laughs) Like, I don't know how many times blended our family was. In reality, my stepdad had stepkids and bio kids, so I had, like, step-stepbrothers and stepbrothers and half-sisters. and Like, I was not... But we were just our family. Like, we were raised like a nuclear family, Mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. And so I have never had the mindset of, like... Family has to be... Blood is thicker than water. (laughs) Which is completely false. but And I feel like everyone knows at this point, but just so everyone is clear, the full saying is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb, which is saying that your family of choice yes. is stronger than family of 100%. blood. 100%. Just so everyone's clear um, at this point. But, like, some of my closest sibling relationships have been with my stepbrothers. Yeah. So, like, and, and they were older, so it was actually I only ever lived with one of them mm-hmm. for a short space of time, and we're, like, ten years apart. And yet, like, he and his wife and girls are probably some of the family that we see the most. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with the fact that we all grew up together. It's just, like, you know, to an extent, we actually can connect to them and relate to them. Yeah. And their girls are the same ages as T and L. So often it's just that, oh, we're all going through the same stages. How shit is this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it does. It blows my mind that there's this expectation of I have to get along with these people even though I have nothing in common with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like my belief system is different. My lifestyle is different. Everything is different. Why am I forcing myself to, like, hang out with these people socially? Just to honour some, oh, well, we came from the same mum or the same dad or... Like, mm-hmm. like that's absurd. That's actually absurd to me. <laughs> um, so, yes, you and I probably couldn't swing further apart in the way that we were raised. Because I was also... I just wasn't raised to believe that. My parents were never like, family is everything or any of that. Yeah. And, again, we have family friends who are more our family. And that's kind of how I live now. Like, you know, I'm not related to most of the people that our kids call auntie and uncle. <laughs> like, right. you know what I mean? Um, it's just, it's a different belief system. So I guess to sum all this up, it's me. I'm the problem. 
just so you know. Bit of a T Taylor Swift reference. Bit of a bop there. But, like, I'm, I'm sure if it really boiled down to it, if you got in an argument with some of your family, they would probably end up cracking and telling you that they believe it's all my fault. <laughs> that you're no longer <laughs> part of the flock. I just got the wrong influences. No, and I mean, to go back a bit, like... Like, yes, I got into this counselling to help with family relationships and, and all of that, but also because a lot of... I feel like a lot of my journey as a dad has been I want to make sure yeah. that my kids... Not that, like, they have better than I, but more rounded, maybe. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying I was... I was malnourished in any way necessarily as a child but that they know that they can be proud of themselves and that I'm proud of them and and that we love them and And also that and I think something that we've kind of discovered but I think is kind of an extension on that is like they get to have personal boundaries absolutely I mean, I suppose in reality, the way we're raising our kids from the get-go teaches them that blood isn't everything. Mm-hmm. Because we are a family. And yet, I did not give birth to TNL. I'm not related to them mm-hmm. in any way. And C is only half their brother by blood. Yeah. Yet, they are raised as brothers. And they see each other as brothers. Yeah. And we are a family. So, I, you know, I would like to think that from the get-go, they have the foundation of family doesn't have to just be who birthed you or you know who it, you know it's more who 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 was there for you yeah and as shitty as it sounds and as as sad as it makes me for their future if this is what happens but like if they grow up and they become these wildly different men mm. they don't have to like cling to each other even if no i'm not going to force them like to be that relationship friends. makes them miserable exactly Exactly. I think there's... I think boundaries are allowed to exist inside a family and actually to be healthy should exist. Should be encouraged, yeah. But I think that that's a very... I think that's a very difficult opinion Mm -hmm. for certain types of beliefs. And I think... I'm not saying that I think, you know, your family doesn't encourage boundaries, but they don't encourage boundaries when those boundaries are with each other like they they do hold i mean we've literally heard someone in your family say family yeah what what is yeah. family for if it's not to be your best friend and this and that and like that's super unbalanced and super unhealthy in my perspective mm-hmm. um so i don't know i mean i feel like we're probably going to cop a lot of shit for this episode and I think it's like I hope it comes across we're not knocking what they believe like this is what you know we were talking about the other day and you and said to your mum it's like look it's fine to have a different opinion than each other we're not saying that your family needs to believe what we do but you can't expect to have such differing opinions and very little respect and then be the best of friends (laughs) you know like that that's just the that's reality yeah um you know, it, I think it's really healthy that people have differing opinions on each other and can talk about it in a respectful way. But when there isn't respect and when there's not respect for boundaries, that's the problem. Boundaries are not designed to keep people out to hurt them. 
boundaries are designed to go, these are our values and our morals and what well, we this hold is what, near and dear. This is what makes me safe. Yeah, this is what I need to be safe. And, and also to be able to come from a place of, I'm okay. Yeah, and it's, you know, it doesn't mean you can never be challenged. Like, I think that's something that, I mean, I was accused of just recently by one of your family members of, like, you can't just ignore what I'm saying because you don't like the challenge. That's not my issue. I mean, no one likes being challenged, but I'm happy to be challenged when there's the relationship to go with it. Mm-hmm. Or when there's the, I know this person respects me no matter what, or, or this person respects that I have differing values than they do. But when it's or... literally just, you believe something different than me and you're wrong and I'm right... Yeah, where when it's a challenge and say after discussion you still don't agree and that's okay. Yeah. It's it's the okay That's the right kind of I know okayness isn't a word, but it's the okayness of you hold your views and I hold mine. But we're both still safe in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And there's the empathy of what you're going through is hard. It's not my place to judge it. Yeah. Vice versa. Well, I saw a video the other day on TikTok, of course. Of course. And it was this lady saying, I think she was a qualified something or other, but if you have a relationship where it is not safe to disagree, it's not a relationship that you can grow in. It's a relationship that is based around control. Yeah, 100%. So. And, and again, we're not... <laughs> We're not naming and shaming. We're not saying that. No, it's not about who does this and who does what. It's things that we've learned in the process and in the journey. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, I think if you can... And, I mean, if you can't identify any of these things in your relationships, that's great. But if you can identify them, it helps you to understand and manage that relationship better in a way that's maybe more helpful and and healthful for both people. And I guess... Again, so we don't sound like heartless robots. And I think you could probably hear this in the beginning. This isn't without grief. No, it sucks. I hate that. Like, T saw a photo of your parents a couple of weeks ago and asked who they were. Yeah. And that I sucks. think both of us just went, that's really shit. Like, that's not what we wanted for our kids. But again, we want our kids to know healthy, safe relationships where they're safe to be themselves and to have boundaries and views and and so you know we've done what we have to do to protect our family and ourselves and them but that is absolutely not without the cost of yeah it would have been nice yeah it would have been nice to have this for them you know it would have been nice to have people around so that you know, in this day and age where life's expensive, you and I both could go to work on a Saturday and know that our kids are still with family and having a great time. But those aren't things we have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're not heartless robots <laughs> that are just like, here's our boundaries, too bad. I mean, this process has been, what, nearly a year? Yeah, more or less. I guess the critical incident that started all of this with one of your parents was literally May last year. So, it's taken a year to really go. With a formulator and go, this is... Well, and across that year, multiple attempts to discuss and engage a discussion about 
boundaries and to have it disrespected and ignored and like the same cycle yeah. you know yeah. um so you know we don't we don't necessarily encourage just throwing up fences and cutting people off at the drop of a hat yeah mean, meaningless <laughs> boundaries people. are meaningless i mean the sibling that i had to say you'll never meet my kids I want to say that it had been about 14 years mm. of a lot of issues mm. before I finally got to that actual point. And even then, after, like, making that clear, I still sent her an email after she was born letting her know that he was here. Mm. Because it's not that easy to just go, Yeah, you're out, I want nothing to do with you. Yeah. But... At the end of the day, you have to make. I think especially you have to make as, the choices that are right. I think for you. especially as parents, I don't know how much of this would be as active an issue if we didn't have kids. Mm. I think it would still be an issue, but I don't think it'd be as prominent. Yeah. When you have kids, you really have to go. How do we want our kids raised? What do we want them raised in? Their worldviews, their beliefs, their ideas, and respecting them. The long and the short of it is. Life is harder than it sounds. <laughs>